dear listeners, welcome to Psychiatria, the show where we explore true healing and everything that might mean. I am Danny, your host, guide, and fellow human on this journey. And today I talk with my dear friend and massage therapist, Sarah Klingenberg. Her practice is called The Joyful Vitality, which I love (laughs) and suits her very well. She has a really beautiful story to share about her journey through atopic dermatitis and into becoming a massage therapist. We share on themes of communication with your body and the importance of listening to these flesh homes we reside in. And as a massage therapist, Sarah has a special ability to act as a facilitator in the process of learning to speak the language of your body, the unique language that your body speaks. And all of this starts with touch. I really cherish this episode, both for my friendship with Sarah, but also for the wisdom that comes through in this conversation. And be sure to stick around for the end, as Sarah has a little gift for us. All right, without further ado, let's get started. Okay, welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Thanks. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you here. I am stoked to be here, Danny. Yeah. So Sarah and I have been friends for a few years now. We met at our chiropractor's office and uh, she is just a ray of sunshine. Like uh, immediately <laughs> she's a person who you just want to be around and you just want to talk to and like... She's always giving out hugs and uh, yeah, (laughs) it's just good. She's just good. So this is going to be a really fun episode, more personal and more abstract than what we've done before, but I could not have Sarah on and her story and her energy is just too, too good, too special to to Mm. not include in this collection. Thanks for that. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) Um so why don't you go ahead and just say like a few words about yourself for the listeners. Do your little intro. Yeah. So I am Sarah, currently living uh and working in Grand Rapids, Michigan, um, working as a licensed massage therapist. Um, this is my second career and it is a calling to me. Um, so I have been practicing since December of 2019, but got licensed last year in March um, and have been practicing with incredible clientele who I have learned so much from. Um, and I am just continuously on this journey of unfolding and learning and growing. And I'm stoked to be able to grow and learn alongside my clients, um, and just continuously unfold in whatever way the future allows. (laughs) I love that. That makes me happy. Um, yeah, we can already hear the smile in your voice, Sarah. Both of us are just like, <laughs> our faces are going to hurt by the end of this, I think. I know, um, it's 
true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when we we went for a walk a couple weeks ago to sort of chat about this episode, I was like, I know I want to talk to Sarah and I know she's a massage therapist. I know that she's done and like into a whole bunch of good holistic stuff. Um, but where where are we going to go with this conversation? And uh, the sort of theme that I kind of pulled out from from our our walk and talk and and sit in the grass was touch, mm-hmm. and and the power and the impact and like the ways that touch can help us connect with ourselves and with others and with you know the divine whatever else is out there. Um, and you have a particularly powerful story, I think, mm. that revolves around touch, you know, from things that you've experienced in the past to today, your experiences with being a massage therapist. So I would love to get into that and talk about your journey with touch. Yes, for sure. And touch is something that's so interesting because we are continuously learning more through research, right? Um, Mm. There's always more to learn, Um, but touch as a baseline is through our skin and skin being our body's protective covering, our largest sensory organ. Um, It's, it's so, we're so complex and this outer shell of ours is so complex and reflective of so much more of the inside. we have so many different sensations and receptors that tell us texture and whether something is hot, whether something is light or heavy. Um, so touch is incredible um, at baseline. And then other things can create a disconnection with us as well. Touch is based in connection. Um, so yeah, it's we are just incredible humans. So to be able to work through touch with somebody else and the connection being sensory receptors, is just wild. It's so wild. It's so cool. Um, yeah, I, uh, touch is, uh, I mean, just as like our skin as an organ and as a part of our nervous system, um, it's so wild, you know, I mean, it's a little bit of like anatomy and physiology I've taken, and I'm sure you've learned more than that in massage therapy school. <laughs> it there are like many even different like kinds of receptors, like ones for temperature, ones for pressure, ones like, and you have different kinds of receptors in different parts of your body. And like, they're at different, um, like closenesses to each other you know so like the pads of your fingers you've got a lot of them that's why you can feel so well but like I don't know it's like the back of your arm or like other places where you can't uh feel as in detail and right like if you think about somebody like writing a word on your back or something like you're not gonna be able to tell what they're what they're writing um so yeah I I get it it's so cool yes so cool so cool and I will say with the writing on the back something when I was a kid I would write on my dad's back my alphabet 
um Mm. you (laughs) and a was like this form of just like connection between us because he is a marathon runner and so that was he was actually in one of my first introductions into um how much I love to just like touch and so I would write my alphabet on his back and then eventually would start writing the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog because it has all of the letters in it and it's funny because your brain does have the ability to pick up that touch to recognize the letters um Mm. which is part of proprioception too of like you not being able to see something but know what's happening understand like oh this part of my body is being worked on oh, because of those sensory receptors, if I'm writing a Z, you can imagine your mind. So we are, it is really fascinating, like when you combine the brain body, uh, well, you really can't separate them, but mind Mm -hmm. body aspect, really. Exactly. Exactly. So fascinating. Um, so you've, you've had an interesting experience with like a skin condition in Mm -hmm. your past life that that really impacted I think the way that at least you experienced touch in that period of time but the way that you understand it now so yeah let's let's talk a bit about that go ahead and tell us your story there Yes. So when I was um, a kid, I did experience some issues with eczema, um, but it was specifically in like small areas of my body. Typically it's the sweaty areas, like the inside of your elbow, behind your knee, um, where your thighs and your butt meet, um, where your hamstrings are. So it's just like sweaty areas. So as a kid, like I experienced a little bit, it went away. And then when I was 19, I began experiencing atopic dermatitis for the first time in my adult life. And atopic dermatitis and eczema are pretty synonymous with each other. Dermatitis meaning inflammation of the skin. And so atopic being on top, um, whereas like contact dermatitis is, oh, you're allergic to a dish soap or laundry detergent. And so it specifically leaves a mark where that contact was. Um, for me, I had, uh, atopic dermatitis. And so experiencing that, um, it began on my forearms when I was 19 and then slowly made its way to my hands and then went from my feet and then kind of cascaded up my thighs. Um, in that same year, I was engaged and getting married. Um, so I went to see a dermatologist since my topic dermatitis wasn't going away and it was only getting more unbearable. Um, and so this is kind of a pivotal point in my topic dermatitis story um, because at that time I was working at a hospital. Um, so I was uh, used to being around physicians. Um, but this was the first time that I had ever gone to a dermatologist and sadly it wasn't a great experience because that was the last dermatologist that I went to. Um, so that dermatologist told me when I was showing them, you know, what was going on, they, um, in the process of saying, okay, we're going to get you a steroid cream, Uh, That would clear it up because no one would want to touch the same things that I have. And that was the biggest statement that I heard. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, we are going to help you. Mm -hmm. It was, 
how do we make sure that nobody, that everybody else is comfortable because they're not going to be comfortable touching the same things you have. So it was as though their concern was more about a quick fix and not about seeing me as a human who is experiencing hurt and insecurity. Mm -hmm. Um, So kindness and care were not present at that visit. Um, I left crying and feeling more embarrassed. Uh, I, you know, that continued the rabbit trail of demonizing my body for putting me in such a predicament. Um, cause already as a 19 year old woman about to get married, there's a self-consciousness that already exists and to experience not only the thoughts in my head, but now I have somebody else's words to also repeat in my brain. No one will want to touch what you have. Yeah. Mm. It's frustrating. Like it kind of makes me mad, you know, that this person said that to you and uh, it's not I mean and and you haven't even mentioned it but I imagine that the like your experience of of having it of physically like it's got to be like very uncomfortable um just itchy burny I don't know what that's like but um yes yeah yeah for them to have no regard for Yeah, exactly. Like my function was limited um, because, mm. at, you know, at this point I was, when I was working at the hospital, there was a good chunk of time where I couldn't move my hands without wearing surgical gloves because my skin was so itchy and dry and cracked. Mm. Um, and yeah, the function of flexing and extending my fingers was painful. So mm-hmm. the surgical gloves allowed more moisture in there, which allowed that skin to have more mobility and flexibility to it. But how mm-hmm. devastating to have to cover up in order to function well. Yeah. Um, so yes, exactly. Like this dermatologist saw my hands, saw what I was going through, understood at baseline because of being a dermatologist, what was going on. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that was just, that was really hard for me. And so that's a pivotal point in my journey because I did it now as a massage therapist. That's something that for me, I'm very conscious of, um, that I do not know what somebody else is going through. I can only be a compassionate listener and do my best to actually hear what is coming through, um, what they're saying, what they're asking for, um, the, the art of deep listening. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's see in that same point, it's interesting how stress plays a part in that as well, because shortly after that dermatologist appointment, I went to get a dental cleaning and they told me to start wearing a mouth guard because they noticed the grinding happening in my teeth, Mm. um, and due to the, due to the stress. And so with that aspect, like, yes, you know, my skin had a, like, a hugely debilitating aspect to me that overflowed into other areas of my body. It was not just my skin. And that became one more piece of the connection um, Mm -hmm. and the part that stress can play. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, when winter came, it was at its worst, um, because it continued to be on my appendages, but then cascaded into my chest and abdomen, and sometimes even on my face. Um, there were uncountable days throughout that year of suffering where I would get back home from the hospital and just sit in the shower, crying, scratching my arms and my legs. Um, there would just be blood dripping down my arms and my legs. It was, I, it was like both a sense of relief and all of that pent up what I was holding throughout that day of trying to keep it together, keep it together. And then I would get home and it would just be like, boom, all of a sudden I just got so itchy and I didn't have anybody around that I would need to be self-conscious of or mm-hmm. anything. It was just me. And I was at the, at my end, um, I was miserable and depressed and anxious, had limited function, that dysbiosis throughout my whole body. So the opposite of homeostasis being that balance, there's just imbalance throughout my body. Uh, yeah. So much inflammation. Um, and so being newly married, my, my husband is the reason I didn't act on any deeper depression, depressive thoughts of suicidal ideation. Um, he was my catalyst for trying another way of like, there is somebody else in my life that if I, if I'm gone, like that will absolutely affect the people around me. And so it's interesting because I, I, I didn't, I wanted to exist and I wanted to live it was just unbearable to. Mm -hmm. So when I was like, okay, like I'm going to try, I have to try something else. Like, what do I do? Because, um, when I did that stare cream for a little bit, it, the atopic dermatitis went away briefly because the process of steroid creams is they thin your skin. So Mm. when that layer of skin is affected and that now that layer of skin is gone because that steroid cream has taken it off. Of course, you would be like, I'm better. All is great. (laughs) And then it comes back with a vengeance because of the way that our bodies process steroids. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so pharmaceuticals were not my answer. Mm. And so I started researching. I just started deeply looking into what other people have done. Um, And I found that I was going about the issue from the outside in, and that needed to flip. So what Mm -hmm. was going on inside that was exposing itself externally? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I changed what I was eating to start. Um, specifically eliminating inflammatory foods, uh, like processed sugar, wheat, so gluten, um, and then most dairy. Um, the only dairy that I did consume was when I started making my own kefir, which is similar to kombucha, um, Mm -hmm. but it's a fermented drink. And so helping with the probiotics. So that's when I started to get into building gut bacteria, um, and mm-hmm. reason that mindset has a huge effect on our digestive system. Oh, while yes. I was undergoing, <laughs> while I was undergoing stress and anxiety, 
and then would be eating food in a fast-paced environment of the hospital. Everything was elevated. And so I wasn't in a state of rest and digest, was not in that state of the parasympathetic system, which then if you're not digesting your food properly and you're eating food that isn't great for you, now that's in your digestive system and creating all sorts of havoc on the GI tract. And so as I started to change my mindset of, you know, breathing deep beforehand, trying to drink water before I started eating, um, because when I started to make the connection of food and my skin, there was also another layer of being scared of food of now I'm mm. starting to realize like, if I eat this, is this going to create another flare up? Um, mm -hmm. and so fear started to creep in, in a different way. So not only repairing my relationship with my body, but also repairing my relationship with food was a process of this too. Um, mm. So needless to say, three months of being conscious of what I consumed and being conscious of the state of being when I did consume it, my body was entirely clear after three months. Wow. Um, and it was clear for a year and a half after that. And I have about one flare up a year now, and it's usually linked to stress. Mm -hmm. um, I know the language of my body so much better. And that means that I know how to listen to it better. So instead of, I, know, I remember the first time that it came back, I just felt so oh, like, no, like I did, like I've, I've, eliminated gluten continuously. I've been conscious of this. Like I, you know, I'm not eating sugar. I'm staying away from all of this. And I felt so sad and so hurt and felt like my body betrayed me. Mm. Um, but really what that did was it allowed me to see how complex the body is. And once I started listening to my body through my skin, it's almost as though that was the way that my body started to clear the pathway of communication with me. Um, mm. And I know that sounds a little peculiar to some people um, and that's okay because it, some of us have experienced those communications with our body and some of us haven't. Um, some of us are aware of them and some of us are not. So for me to recognize like, oh, there's a flare up happening okay, I'm going to create a little bit more mindfulness of what is going on in my life? What do I feel stressed about? What, you know, and starting to ask some head questions, some what and whys, because the body was answering the body question of how is this manifesting? Um, so yeah, that has mm. that aspect of, I mean, the full, the full picture is, Danny, I used to, my biggest insecurity was my hands. When you would meet somebody, you would shake their hand. And when somebody would feel my hand, A, it would be painful, but B, they would feel the texture of it. Then eyes go down to the hand. And then there's a shift in, you know, what does that person think about me? And, you know, it's so going from my hands being the most insecure part of me 
to being the biggest form of service, my greatest resource. Um, receiving information through my hands is so crucial. And I'm so grateful that I didn't use that steroid cream over and over again, because I have all of my nerve endings. I can feel and function so well. Um, and I haven't had any flare-ups on my hands for years, 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 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's wow. wild. It's amazing. Wow. <laughs> the, yeah, this story is such a, such an amazing transformation story. I mean, there's like, there's one just the really amazing proof of like, your gut health freaking matters. Yes. Like, but then also even larger than that is like, your body talks to you. Yeah. Your symptoms are its way of communicating, which is stuff that we say all the time at free range. Um, but it's so true. It's so true. And it's with, with skin, with touch. Like It's such a clear way to see it. You know, like mm -hmm. you can look at your hand and say, oh, I see something here. I feel something here. Mm -hmm. um, it's a, yeah. It's a, and so, so cool to see where you are now. You know, yes. What you've, <laughs> what you've it's, learned. It, it's so fascinating too, because you say, you know, at free range, you talk about how symptoms are that's the conversation. That's, that's mm -hmm. what's relaying information. And how I see it is like, sometimes our, our bodies are similar to babies before they learn English. Babies mm. cry in order to communicate something, right? So if our body speaks through sensory receptors saying something is painful, something is uncomfortable, I'm warm here, this isn't great, you know, or like it's, our body speaks in the only way that it can. And there's no, something that I, I tell clients is there's no Rosetta stone for your body. You have to learn the language that it speaks. <laughs> and that starts by recognizing that you have a body to care for. Yeah. Um, but like not having a Rosetta stone, like I don't, as a massage therapist, I don't have a Rosetta stone for your body. You are the only one who knows the most about the language of your body. So I have to learn from you. And if I can learn from you better, I'll be able to serve you better. So that means that that interconnectedness already begins, where if I can help you create more awareness, that's the beginning of mindfulness. And if you can be more mindful, you'll learn the language. You, mm -hmm. you will. It takes time, but you will. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So uh, let's move a bit into that, into your practice as a massage therapist. And so when you say you can help somebody create, like cultivate that awareness, you know, sort of like help to be a facilitator on that journey, um, how does that, how does that look sometimes? Do you have any examples you can share or? Yeah. Yes. Um, so down to the simplest things like recognizing during a session, if I'm working on a specific part and I notice the body tense up, that's a form of language of like, oh, that's uncomfortable. But sometimes people don't recognize that that's what their body is doing. 
So if I ask somebody, can you take a deep breath for me here? Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, they're, they're back to recognizing what's going on. And I'll go back to that same spot and muscle doesn't tense up. So simple things like that of just recognizing, like, what does guarding look like? Was, was I working on an area that had a motor pattern? Because, you know, our brain communicates through our nervous system, which talks to our muscles. So being able to um, have a, like with trauma, if your shoulders are up to your ears because you're protecting your heart space and you're caved in forward. And I am working on your pec muscle. Um, and I notice that one side is stiffer than the other. And I ask you to take a nice breath. Let's say that one side is able to release, but the other one is just staying. Sometimes that's because that neurological pattern of why is that muscle continuously contracted? Sometimes it's because that muscle is overworked. Sometimes it's because there's an emotional issue tied to it. Um, and it's always, it's client specific. So it's so, it's so different with every person. Um, like I've had clients who will have emotional releases on the table or afterwards where they didn't realize how much they were holding or I'm working on somebody's neck and all of a sudden they just have this, their their whole body just jolts, they twitch. And some people are aware of it, some people aren't. Um, and it doesn't matter whether somebody was sleeping or not. Like people, their body is just, or, or somebody will go, hmm, and not know that they did. And it's just yeah. the way that the body is releasing. And when you offer a space for rest, the body will take it. And when I, as a massage therapist, and am able to offer a space where people are comfortable and they trust me, then that's like fluid lines, right? Like now we can start to speak the language of the body because you're not guarding against me. Now we can start to inquire, what are you guarding against? Um, mm -hmm. Because those are differentiations that I've noticed in my practice. Some, sometimes it takes, you know, four massages before somebody is really able to let go with me. Sometimes people will trust me right away and I'm working on somebody's neck and they fall asleep and after the, the session, I had this one client who was like, I never fall asleep in massages. And with training in um, all sorts of self-defense, like different sort of self-defense movements, um, mm -hmm. them saying working on my neck is something that I'm not comfortable with all, with at all. And I fell asleep while you were working on my neck and them reiterating wow. to me that's the level of trust that I have with you. And so mm -hmm. moments like that are like, that's really the first catalyst is trust. Find a massage therapist that you trust and you, your healing journey will transform. Because mm -hmm. if you are able to release and relax just as you would with a mental health therapist and trust that they are hearing you, they have your best interest in mind, um, 
your body will be able to show signs so much clearly of where they're coming from. How is this going on? You're more open to talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> so cool. Oh my gosh. So many things. So many thoughts. It's, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's always so interesting to me how emotions live in the body. You know, mm-hmm. I, I remember, um, when a yoga teacher like first told me that and uh, and because I was doing this like series with her and every time we would get into half pigeon um which is like very deep hip stretch and emotions particularly live in the hips um because of the chakras and all that jazz and I would just like ball every time we would do that pose and I remember talking with her about it after class and she was like yeah like emotions live there and I had just like gone through a breakup and and all this stuff and uh, I was like oh my god whoa yes (laughs) and uh, exact same principle plays out in in massage Um, Mm -hmm. and it's so interesting to me also how the areas that we guard the most you know whether they're so for me like I my hips have always been a quote-unquote problem area like I've just had hips and I've been to like physical therapy for them over the years um I rode horses for a long time so that kind of did some stuff and uh it's always been like it's an area that I'm hyper aware of per se Mm -hmm. um so that means it's also an area that I am extra reluctant to feel discomfort in or was per se Mm -hmm. now that I've understand like oh when I get in half vision or when I do this pose or this stretch or this exercise and I feel so much sensation there like it's my body trying to move stuff Um, it's my body saying like there are things here right and it's not always ready to move Um, sometimes it takes a long time or like many repetitions over days, weeks, months, years, um, Mm -hmm. for things to change. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, I was thinking about that as you were talking about the, um, the guy who had your, your client who had experience with self-defense training. And I was like, as somebody like that, you know, your, your neck and your face and your head, like is somewhere that you are hyper protective of especially uh-huh. if you have i mean everybody but especially if you have training in uh, in those those things so um i'm just like oh yeah like he was probably like super aware super protective and then when he was able to to lean into that trust his body was like oh yes <laughs> so yes good. literally just melts literally literally the process of letting go so like mm-hmm. when you're working with your hips that aspect of um like awareness being the beginning of mindfulness and so if we can change our relationship with what we're feeling to befriend it have compassion mm-hmm. for our minds and bodies neuroscience teaches us that's the key to change so mm-hmm. being able to recognize the next time that you're in half pigeon of listening to your body like is you know having that that compassionate aspect of it's okay for you to be guarded 
It's what you do. It's okay for you to be stressed. It's what you do with that that matters. It's okay for you to feel anxious and depressed, but it's what you do with that that matters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So good. So good. So good. Um, All this being said, I guess I just want to say a little bit about my own personal experience with massages and massage therapy and um you know I think I'd like to get more into it another day because I've had a lot of experience with a lot of different kinds of body work um but it feels so good to for me at least to like be able to trust somebody with my skin and with my yes. body like that. Yes. Um mm-hmm. when uh, I mean I've I've worked with some some people who are like meh, you know, they do like they do a decent job and I've worked with some other people who are just like A plus plus massage therapists. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, it's a really it's a really special experience. Mm-hmm. Like for sure. Um and it's something that I've been able to learn from, and this is something, uh, an aspect of it that I know you are passionate about as well, is like the things that your clients, the things that individuals can take with them uh, mm-hmm. after that experience, whether that yes. is you saying, hey, I I noticed that, you know, your your right shoulder like kind of softened up, but your left shoulder didn't. Um, so maybe just like you know, be aware of that or, or do with that what you will. Um, or, you know, I, th- I think you and I've had other therapists in the past uh, sort of quote, like, send me home with homework, you know, send me home with exercises yes. of, and I will often yes. ask for that also. Um, yes. That's a, so, yeah, what are, um, talk a bit about that process, the sort of like after the massage, you get home and you're sitting with mm-hmm. the experience. Yeah. So it's interesting because after every session that I offer, I ask at the end, um, with, after the client is off the table, ask them any questions or observations that you have, because I want to welcome if anybody has anything that they want to say or ask, there's a space for that. Um, so that's the time that I would give exercises, um, or, or any sort of self-awareness. So if somebody was open to me about them experiencing trauma in their life, and this is why they're working with their body as they're trying to heal through that trauma. Um, that's the place where, you know, if somebody says, you know, while you were working on my hips, I noticed my mind was everywhere, but when you were working on my neck, my mind calmed down instantly. And so recognizing like safe touch, trauma awareness aspect. And so resources for people are so individualized. Some people might be more output based, like needing something that they do. Some people might need more self-reflective aspects. Um, Some people are already working on so much that for me, simply to say, these are areas we're holding stiffness. And, um, these are exercises that I would recommend. Um, but also just the simple aspect of awareness for them 
is a great tool because they are already so equipped to know what to do um, with their bodies. So yeah, having resources, like whether it's journaling to get something, a conversation out of you um, that maybe you've been holding on to and you're anxious about having, how can you let that conversation go, but not necessarily have it with that person? Um, just being able to get something out of your body. Um, so things like being able to like yoga is a huge thing. That's most of the stuff that I, I give to people is um, find a safe space to go into happy baby pose and open your hips up and find what, what, you know, what comes to mind. But the primary thing is find a safe space. Um, mm. So kind of recognizing resources and tools are so individualized. Um, mm -hmm. But one of my favorite ones um, is self-massage techniques. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're interested, I can share one. Yeah. And kind of guide one. Um, so basically, you can, you know, for scenarios, you're welcome to lay on your back or sit in a position, but specifically in a way that you're connected. So intentional awareness. If you're going to be more connected to yourself by laying on your back, do that. If you want to sit, then do that. Um, so just starting off by taking three deep breaths at your own pace. Mm -hmm. Feeling into your belly first and then feeling those breaths up into your chest, recognizing the space that exists within you. Sometimes when the world doesn't make space for us, our breath is the reminder that we can make space for ourselves. So creating expansion within you. And then let's say, do you notice that there's tension in your chest? Do you notice that maybe there's a little bit of caving there? Can you place a hand there? Give yourself the support you're looking for. Can you recognize and feel the warmth of your hand on your chest? Literally feeling your own support. The space within your lungs and your diaphragm and the warmth of your hand over your chest. Um, on your next Exhale, open mouth, sigh, and let something go. Let your chest open just a bit more, creating more space. Um, sometimes that's a protective mechanism to cave inward. So even asking yourself, what are you protecting yourself from? Um, you can move your hands, but take one hand on each side of your face and find where in front of your ear, if you wiggle your jaw while your hands are in front of your ear, you can find where your jaw connects to your cheekbone. And you can just kind of recognize how much tension are you holding in your face? How much tension exists in your body that maybe you weren't aware of before? Um, just these simple aspects of placing your hands in areas of your body and using those sensory receptors we were talking at the beginning of feeling the tension in your own body, feeling the softness that exists. Um, Self-massage is a simple form of mindfulness and presence because to be present 
starts with being present with yourself. It's therapeutic for the body. It's therapeutic for the mind. And that's when you start to touch the soul. We are so much more than our bodies, but we can access so much more of that through our bodies. Mm. Wow. I was doing that as you're going along and it just, mm, it's good. It's so soothing. And, and what a, what a lovely tool to have, you know, uh, to start your day or end your day or use when you need it as you're sitting in your car between things or, I don't know, uh, but I think that's a really a really lovely sentiment about um, our bodies can act as our connection to everything else that is out there. You know, everything else that that we are. You know, that our minds and our brains can't uh, comprehend with words. You know, the body doesn't speak in words, and that means that it can it can do more. It can surpass the capacity of words. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah. true. Well, I think that we could keep talking about this forever, and I would love to. But <laughs> here feels like a really lovely place to wrap it up. These people are probably in their their little Zen zones with their yes. their hands on their face or their chest and feeling yes. and noticing and and breathing. So, yeah, yeah. Um. Mm. If people want to find you, connect with you, where can they do that? Yes. So I have a website, um, which is uh, thejoyfulvitality.com. I also have an Instagram, thejoyfulvitality, and I have self-massage techniques on there, different educations, um, just different happenings, ways and resources of empowerment Um, because if I'm going to be on Instagram, it's going to be to empower people. So those are two great ways. Yeah. Those are two great ways to find me. Um, and I will recommend that if you are not in Grand Rapids and you're looking for a massage therapist that maybe connects with you in these sorts of ways, I 100% encourage you to find someone you trust. And that takes time. Um, and give yourself that space, but honor your intuition that you will know whether that massage therapist is going to be the one that will be a resource that can be next to you in your journey of healing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Take the time. You'll know. You'll know when the yes. person is right. Yes, for sure. <sighs> for sure. Well, thank you so much, dear Sarah. This has been really, really lovely. Um, I just, I feel more relaxed and happier than I did when we started this conversation. So thank you. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to just be exist with you in this space and to share my story um, with other people. Because if we're not sharing stories and keeping them to ourselves, then that's an area that we could, we could be connecting more deeply. So Um, thank you for hosting and I'm so honored to be here absolutely so welcome and uh, I'll talk to you later sounds good (laughs) 
Well, thank you so much for tuning in, dear listeners. You can find all the links to the things we spoke about, including Sarah's website and Instagram in the show notes. And if you have any questions, thoughts, feedback that you want to share with us or ideas for future episodes, please get in touch. You can send me an email at podcast at freerangepsych.org or message me on Instagram at psychiatriapodcast. And remember, if you like what you heard, follow us on your podcatcher of choice and leave us a review. It really helps to spread the word so others can learn about true soul healing. All right, dear listeners, I wish you all the best and I'll catch you next time. Bye.